0: What the truck! You are
1: listening to Why
0: truck.
1: Are you ready to truck in? I'm Dooner and this is The Industry. Did y'all have a great Thanksgiving? Y'all full? Get your Black Friday in? Cyber Monday? You order a size up? Think I did. I want to put another X in front of that XL. You know what I'm saying? You guys do. Black Friday sales, though. eh, You know, people are saying record sales, but look at this chart, right? Look at the sales right here. It's Yeah, it set a record, but it's pretty flat, especially if you look at the run-up on the growth of Black Friday sales up until 2020 happened. And now there's great reasons for these past three dots to be where they are. And it is higher than it's ever been. But it's not a huge jump. It's $9.12 billion uh, in sales. That's up from $8.92 billion in 2021 and $9.03 billion the previous year. That's according to Adobe Analytics. Inflation, though, that could account for a lot of these. Now, I'll say I was looking at the Black Friday sales myself. I don't know if you guys got anything. A lot of it was TVs, as usual. I was tempted on, like, some of those 65-inch OLED deals, but uh, did not justify it. We'll find out from uh, some of our guests today if they bit on anything. But this is really interesting. Electronics is where it spiked. 221% on Friday compared to the average October in 2022. MacBooks, watches, those TVs made up a big part of it. I'm sure some of those air fryers that I helped with. Um, and since your drones, Xbox Series X games, God of War Ragnarok, my pick for game of the year, and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Interesting stuff. Well, You know who's ready for the holidays? Hylion, take a look at what Thomas Healy did right here in a HyperTruck ERX bringing Christmas to New York City. We're in New York the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday
2: and we had a special delivery to make today which is we took one of our HyperTruck ERX demo units. This is a fully electric drive vehicle and we are delivering the new york stock exchange's christmas tree Uh, this is the 99th time that a tree is being brought into new york to go up in front of the exchange and this year it's a special delivery because it's the first time that we've actually done it with an electric semi-truck so the whole goal here is we're reducing emissions we're making a cleaner vehicle for the planet and this is a great first step we've got this 80 foot long tree here Uh, that you know has been brought into the city on this electric semi truck and in the next few days will be put up behind me here uh, and will be shown throughout the holiday season uh, covered in lights in front of the New York Stock Exchange. So it's an amazing delivery to have made and we're grateful to do it with the New York Stock Exchange with an electric semi
1: truck. Love it. I love the logistics of all this stuff, too. I'll have to talk to Thomas a little bit about how they set that whole thing up. But cool to see the future of trucking get involved with that. That tree, by the way, we're always excited about these payloads. Like, for example, we we'll talked about the Tesla in a little bit. They did a fully loaded ride. But this one for the Hylion was uh, over 11,000 pounds on that tree. As he said, 80 feet tall. It's a Norway spruce hanging from Watkila, New York. Hey, we got a big show today. We got Grant Cadell, We got George Abernathy. We got Graham Gonzalez. We get the back the truck up guys. We're going to go through a lot of the stories that happened over the weekend. And with uh, most of our guests today, we'll be going over peak season, what the market means, what to look forward to in 2023. Do those big Black Friday numbers, will they give us an echo peak season? I'm a little skeptical. They weren't that much bigger than last year, but we'll see. We'll talk to some really smart people, smarter than me. But first, oh wait, wait, we can't tip the band just yet. We can't, there was a love connection, people. Over the weekend, someone reached out to me and they sent me this message right here. Look what this says. Hey, Dooner, I have a good one for you, LOL. A little over two years ago, you had someone on your show named, and she specialized in moving cannabis out of the West Coast. I watched that show and connected with her on LinkedIn as I specialize in moving West Coast freight. We stayed in contact and now we happily live together and recently bought a house. Odd ways how freight brings people together. If you two get married, uh, and if you want me to, I will officiate your wedding. We, I don't know. We'll have it on What the Truck. That is amazing. Anybody else has love connections, let's make 2023 the season of love on What the Truck. Tell me uh, who you've hooked up with. Also, one last piece of housekeeping. Freight Holiday Tree. You want to pick it up tomorrow. So if you haven't sent ornaments for your company, they won't be on the Freight Holiday Tree. But if you do, they will. The other cool thing I want you all to send out there, so listen up, leaders. Gather your offices around, send out freight holiday message to the entire logistics community. Very what the truck Christmas as usual, December 16th, last show of the year. It's our big give back to the industry. We want to get as many of you on as possible, giving back and sharing out there with the people. All right, let's tip the band. Thanks, Surge Transportation, for helping us put this one on today. Search Translation now offers digital autonomous load booking for our carrier partners. Visit loads.surgetranslation.com 24-7 to book loads at competitive market rates with the click of a button. Also, book it now through leading industry load boards. Pretty cool. Let's get to some headlines. Oh, man, I'm sure you guys all saw this over the weekend. Rooster's here to help me bring it through you. But, uh, Rooster, you see what's happening over an iPhone? That's, that's not, not what's happening. That, ha- well, that's probably happening near You're iPhone bird. City. iPhone City, <laughs> Foxconn over in China. In fact, it's not just iPhone City and Foxconn. That's part of where it started. But there's protests all over China. I think we have, like, one of these, they're, like, they're, what are they, welding people into the buildings if you roll this video right here. Rooster, what are we seeing out there? What's this all about?
3: Uh, China's zero COVID policy. I mean, they are... Uh, egregiously strict on it. You've got people being welded into apartment buildings. Uh, uh, some of the local dissenters are saying this is part of the reason they had that massive apartment fire where a lot of people died, trapped inside. The firefighters couldn't get into the building because the doors were welded
1: shut and the officials were actually kicking the
3: firefighters out.
1: Well, they're I mean, welding more. Like they're idiot. welding, they're welding more uh, doors shut. I mean, this can't help with the unrest. Look at the cities that they're building too. I mean, these things are are ominous right here. These are like uh, internment camps for people with COVID or bad social scores for protesting COVID. These are some of the things I'm hearing now. The the greater news can cover all this stuff. I'm a little bit more, I mean, the human rights thing is awful, obviously, but I know that you want some of the supply chain context here. Here's Rooster Alley. This is how it's impacting global trade a little bit. It says, we believe many Apple stores now have iPhone 14 Pro shortages based on model collar storage up 25%, 35% below below normal heading into December, which is not a good sign heading into holiday season for Cupertino, though we just heard that they sold like a record number of IMAX and crap like that during Black Friday.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that Foscon chip foundry out there is one of the largest in the world. That's the reason you're seeing this big push for inshoring over to, you know, Arizona to, to stabilize the U.S. chip supply. You, uh, it's it's a mess. It's going to affect all kinds of products, anything that takes, uh, semiconductors. We've seen earlier this year the chip shortages in truck parts where, you know, we had a had waiting times so of two to three weeks. Get just basic, uh, computer switch, uh, basic switches for like your air conditioner mm. or stuff like that. You know, it, it's it's really affecting people. And yes seeing these cities built, I mean, here's something a lot of people don't know: they actually mm. charge you to be in those cities, thirty five dollars a day, and you really? can't leave
1: until you pay the bill. That's gonna be cheaper than our hospitals here, though. I'll I'll give them that. Well, uh, when it's my mother was pregnant, as... I got the bill. It was really expensive, Rooster.
3: Yeah, well, it's a whole lot, probably better room than that little uh, shipping container you're going to be living in for 21 days.
1: You know, Rooster, this is like, we started the year, right, with COVID. COVID has been, uh, you know, if you go on social media, you might think it's only a U.S. thing, but we started the year in Canada. Massive protests up in Canada, and it seems like the world, moving into 2022, did not want lockdowns. They don't want COVID policy. They want to let it rip. We've been through two years of this stuff, people wanted to get back to society, and you saw that happen in North America, and you saw all those policies go away really fast after Canada, but now trucker protests are picking up around the world again. What's going on over in Brazil? I think we have some video. What am I looking at here?
3: The situation in Brazil basically was uh, the populace rejecting the election. You know, Borzolino didn't win the re-election. The candidate that did win, he was basically a Put in prison for corruption, and then the Brazil's uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, basically wiped his record so he could run. Somehow, won the election, which a lot of people are saying they didn't vote for the guy. So now you have truckers basically blocking off all the major highways, uh, setting some stuff on fire. Don't really go for that, but you know, they're blocking the highways all over the country. Massive unrest around Brazil. Uh, a lot of people are basically protesting outside the military bases because the Brazil Brazil's constitution, I believe it's Article 124, will basically empowers the military to pr- protect the country through the office of the president. So they can, if they do choose to do
1: so, dispose of the president-elect. Wow. So is this almost all political or does it also have to do with sort of the economic conditions? they, I imagine they have the same oil, energy issues, yeah. and the cost of operating it must be hell.
3: Well, South everything in South America is a mess right now with oil prices. Also, uh, security issues. You have protests going around. You have looters targeting trucks, not only in Brazil but over in, in Chile and Peru where they're protesting as well. Wow, uh, a different a different situation we have going on in South Korea with those truckers. You gave, you have the uh, unionized truckers over there in, in a strike right now. We saw this earlier in the year. What you have going on there is. South Korea set up during COVID a minimized pay rate. Well, at January first, that minimized pay rate uh, it falls off the off, off the calendar. So their truckers over there are striking, basically wanting the government to not only freeze rates where they're at, but also possibly increase that that minimal pay rate. And in South Korea, this is going to affect the concrete industry, South Korean steel exports. You have, I uh, believe, the number four cargo terminal in the world, I believe it's a uh, Port of Busan, I believe it's the name of it. it this is going to be another one of those factors that affect supply chain wor- around the world.
1: Wow. All right. I mean, he's got a full article on backthetruckup.com. You can read that one. And one last note here is everyone probably saw over the weekend or if you maybe you missed it because you're hanging out with your family because you have a life. Um Uh, unlike me. It says Tesla team just completed a 500 mile drive with a Tesla semi weighing in at 8,100 pounds. That is from old Mr. Elon Musk over there. Very few details on this. I thought it was interesting in the language here. It did not specify that it was on a single charge. And I don't know if that information is out there yet. Rooster, was it a single charge?
3: I have not found out the information of a single charge or not. I'm trusting Elon quote unquote saying that it it possibly could be, but 500 miles is a big deal. This gets you from sure. intra intra market to interregional. This is if 65 miles an hour this is 7.7 hours, which perfectly aligns with the driver's eight hour rest break. That means you don't have to waste time charging your truck and taking another 30 minute break later on down the road. Yeah, this also gets you in range of like Newark to Columbus, Ohio, Newark to Cleveland a long beach to Reno
1: rooster. Uh, hold on a second. You're a trucker. Aren't you supposed to be like super against this thing? Cause every time I put information on this up, there's always at least one trucker goes, yeah, well, I run up in like Yukon territory hauling logs. And I'm like, then go talk to Edison motors. Like these guys are talking to Pepsi right now. There's a lot of different trucks out there. And I, and like, it's also new tech. So we have to cover it anyway. And it's not the same as autonomous, although they do have the, well, FSD- well, well hold on. Let's talk about the FSD though. Cause I, I know there's not much information on this. Take a look at, this Chinese truck right now. And you tell me if you think the Tesla FSD can beat it.
3: Yeah. A little nervous, I, doesn't I, I, he? Well, he's making sure he doesn't bump anything. You know how those settings are. He doesn't get close right here. But, you know, I don't... I that looked like you in clutch. CDL
1: school, didn't it, Rooster?
3: Well, unfortunately, uh, I've trained on 18 speed. So, yeah, I was slipping the clutch a lot,
1: but... <laughs> well you know what the we do form. we have a spy photo here that justin sent us if you take a look at this one over gigafactory it looks like they do have so they're supposed to deliver 15 of these um they're supposed to have the big event on december 1st and it's Pe- pepsi's supposed to receive them it's going to be in giga nevada and i see about 20 some odd trucks there so it does seem to jive and it does seem like this is going to happen so uh, i think yeah. that we will be getting more details soon enough on the semi would you agree yeah, we got twenty four there. I don't know if they're
3: using the ones working around the plan. I would expect PepsiCo to have their branding all over this thing whenever they think, receive well, we'll theirs.
1: See on, we'll see on the first. Speaking of branding, before I let you go, what do you think of this tribute to Elon? Look at this! Like uh, this, it's, it seems like some sort of cryptocurrency scam that they've rolled yeah. into a way to like try to get viral with Elon by making a really ugly monument. Yeah, it's it's this is a the Elon Goat
3: Token. This is basically a crypto Ooh. NFT bro stay play. <laughs> they, they, they want the rub. They want the rub. Duh, and you I mean, oh, know, appreciate the gift, but don't get caught taking your picture near it, Elon. Trust yeah. me. You don't want to go. You don't. You don't want to go the road of uh, of the guys in the
1: Bahamas. You know. Ugh. Well, it's good. Hey, it's gonna be a long week of news. Stay tuned to FreightWaves.com. Stay tuned to BackTheTruckUp.com. Rooster will keep you up to date from the trucking perspective. We appreciate you having on the show. Um, by the way, best part of Thanksgiving. Before I let you go, did you have a good one? Uh, you had free tacos uh, at Del Taco, didn't you? Uh, that was a few years ago when I got oh. stuck out in
3: California. But uh. yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, I had everything, all the fixings. You know, three days leftovers. You know, kind of. You know, didn't have to
1: do nothing but warm everything up in the oven. So it was great, you know? All right, man. Well, I'll let you get back to work. So thank you for coming on and helping us get through some news. Appreciate you. Awesome. Catch your gals Wednesday. Take it easy. All right, now we have Grant Cadell. He's the founder and CXO over at Convoy. Let's find out if he helped prop up the American economy during Black Friday and today on Cyber
4: Monday. Grant, did you buy anything? You know, it's funny I didn't. I, uh, I, I got bombarded with emails. I swear I must have gotten... <laughs> 500 emails from companies like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We still have stuff Tuesday. Like, I I didn't buy a thing. I feel like a poor American.
1: This whole weekend, like, my my shot clock in my head was messed up because all the Cyber Monday deals started coming on Saturday. And I, right. I'm like, it, it's Saturday. Tomorrow's Monday. And no, and then like the Sunday they're there. And I was screwing me up all weekend. I almost bit on an OLED, but it was like, do I really need to spend X to get 10 inches more in these economic times? The deals are pretty good, but like, they'll be even better in six months. So I just let it ride. You
4: know, up I, I Super Bowl Sunday seems like the time to buy a TV because there's really not a whole lot for a couple months after that. So I think you're probably smart to wait. Uh, so
1: people who don't know and I think most people do know what convoy is but if they don't if they've been living under a rock what do you guys do just real briefly
4: Yeah, so uh, Convoy's Digital Freight Network automates the traditional freight brokering process, including matching, pricing, scheduling of trucks to shipments, and that reduces the cost structure and the time it takes to find the most efficient truck for every load. So we have a network of about 80,000 plus carriers, 400,000 plus trucks. We work with some of the world's leading shippers and brands, and with the recent launch of Convoy for Brokers, uh, even brokerages are joining the fold.
1: Not bad, not bad. Well, hey, look, this market, it's been no secret this year. It's been a really tough one. In fact, one of the reasons, seeing what's going on with people around me, is one of the reasons I didn't go and buy one of those LED TVs. Freight market drives the economy. Soft market, a lot of it built up past two years in retail. We just saw Black Friday record numbers. Um let's see. So, what is your perspective on this soft market? And, and let's start there. Do you think those Black Friday numbers are gonna help at all? They weren't hugely above, but you know, it's better than being
4: down. Yeah, I think your per- your previous point is right. I think they were up a little, but I don't know that that makes up for the bigger gaps that we've seen. I mean, I think there's there's a couple of trends really combining here that we see as really squeezing small carriers. You've got inflation still high, the price of diesel still high coming down, but still high. Maintenance costs are still up thanks to inflation. Parts are up. And frankly, trucking rates aren't keeping pace with that, those, those increased costs. And so, you know, if you sort of look at the recent economic data that Convoy released back in September, we think there's probably a continued soft market through the beginning of the new new year as the demand side continues to decline faster than the supply side.
1: You know, it's interesting. I was talking to our founder and CEO, Craig Fuller, recently, and we were talking a little strategy on the show, and we were talking about how the markets, it's been in decline for for so long that we, you know, there's no need to Say to this audience all the time, what's happening there. Now we want to guide people a little bit how they can get through this actual thing, since we all believe you're going to kind of have to bear down at least for another quarter or so. How is Convoy helping people in this period right now?
4: Yeah, it's absolutely true that we're, we're hearing from our carriers that they're changing their behaviors in order to make it through the next few months, the next few quarters, from sort of changing their, their uh, preferred territory, where they'll drive to maximize the likelihood of being able to get a backhaul or, or just even pay lower rates on diesel. Um, and so Convoy has been dedicated to helping carriers earn more for less hassle for several years now. And, you know... With 90% of the trucking companies out there having fewer than six trucks and hundreds of thousands of drivers being owner operators, it's never been more important for us to make those small carriers as successful and thriving as possible. And so in this kind of market, you know, we have Convoy's free two-day quick pay, which is the easiest way to, in trucking to get paid Fast and in September we actually rolled out a new option where carriers can receive same day eight hour or less on qualifying loads uh, within you know eight hours of completing that load for a one point five percent fee no commitments required so you don't have to factor every single thing with us and now you have the flexibility to choose a faster payment if that if the speed's what you need. Um, add on to that sort of the, the ability to flex across different load types with Convoy Go, our nationwide drop and hook marketplace. So any carrier or owner operator can take any power unit they've got and haul trailers, Convoy's trailers, uh, all over the country, including uh, backup and spot drop loads. We call that uh, flexible drop, which enables shippers to cover 100% of their freight as drop. So keep the drivers rolling, keep shippers shipping.
1: A lot of arrows in in that quiver. You know, I remember, so at the first Freight Waves event I went to was in Atlanta, it was Transparency 19. And I remember the keynote there was Bradley Jacobs and he ran out on stage and he said, I love volatility. And everyone's like, why? And he's like, because it spurs innovation and it creates opportunity. I have a feeling that you feel a little bit similar because that's how you create. That's how you think, especially in volatile markets like these. What has this kind of market done to the direction of Convoy and how you're innovating and where you're seeing opportunity?
4: Yeah, I think the things we're seeing are the same things that shippers have been asking for over the last several years of volatility. I fully agree with Brad, by the way, he's a really smart guy and I'm excited to see where he finds his next uh, space as I'm sure a whole bunch of people are. But um, yeah, I think what we're seeing is intensifying demand from shippers for things that enable them to have a flexible and efficient supply chain. It's less about, tell me where the puck is going and it's more about, help me be sure that whatever might happen next I'm gonna be ready for it and I'm gonna be able to thrive through that uncertainty. And so as we look ahead to the rest of this year and beyond, you're gonna see our focus Uh, Sort of on growing our differentiated programs for shippers, which include that nationwide flexible drop and hook program, our guaranteed primary program, which is really about uh, pricing aggressively and transparently so that shippers feel like they're always getting the best price they could for the for the market without having to do the RFP contract shuffle and our dynamic backup program where we're really sort of helping plug those gaps as the year changes and you know, things get interesting.
1: What is your take on 2023? Um, It looks like at least to start, it's going to be tough. There's a lot of human psychology going on right now where debt is going up so people going to afford Christmas. But next year is going to be tough because there's a lot of people that are also going to have tremendous anxiety because a lot of people are afraid they're going to get laid off. They're seeing massive layoffs throughout the industry. And these aren't small numbers, like 10,000 people at once. Where do you see 2023 going?
4: Look, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. I think we talked back at uh, F three, and you know, everybody's told me every year I've been in freight, this is a weird year in freight. So, uh, I look forward to seeing a normal year at some point. But I think you can see that the softening of the freight market is persisting. I think you know your data, Freightwaves data, is showing lowest observed tender rejection rates of the, in the freight cycle about five percent, alongside of some of the largest spot and contract spread. I think that speaks to even if some capacity does leave the market, we're still going to see lower demand and a continued soft market into Q1. I think people, much like you, are probably postponing that uh, new OLED TV and are sort of waiting and seeing what the year has in store. I think so.
1: I, th- I mean, we've already got big TVs anyway. You know, it may not be like the QD OLED, but it's still pretty damn good. You can chill.
4: <laughs> I don't know how many more letters they get add in the front. Honestly, at this point, it's, it's, uh, it's getting a little out there. It's too much. Well, Grant, hey, I have a happy holiday season. I got to remind
1: you that the freight holiday tree, the what Truck Freight Holiday Tree, it's going up on Wednesday anyone is welcome in the industry, send ornaments for us to put on it, get it decorated just like last year. And we really want holiday messages. So Convoy team, I know George on next, Emerge team, and I know he can hear me because he's smiling. Oh no, he just turned his camera off. Maybe he was like, I'm sick of this guy pandering to me. Uh, no, <laughs> but we're getting the holiday yeah. messages. So have the Convoy team send a welcome uh, holiday message. It can be funny, it can be sincere, it can be emotional, it can be whatever you guys want. We'll air it on a very well-struck Christmas, December 16th.
4: Awesome, looking forward to it.
1: Great, take care, go check out Convoy all right thanks all right who do we you next oh it is my oh wait hold on a second because I, I want oh should we save this for graham it's kind of more insurance related i'll save that one for graham let's go to george it's george Addernath the president at emerge market he wants to talk about peak or bleak bleak you tell me brother how was your thanksgiving that wasn't bleak was it not at all it was great had uh, both the boys back here beautiful chattanooga how about you it was not bad. It was quiet, uh, as you know. The weather here wasn't terrible. It was very fall. It was very not conducive bad. to football watching on Saturday and Sunday, so I couldn't complain about that at all. Did you? Uh, so I asked Grant earlier, and I asked myself, did you buy anything though on Black Friday, Cyber Monday? You keeping the freight market moving, George? Trying my best.
0: The uh, it seems as if uh, the routine of FedEx, UPS trucks that come to our house every day dooner are are trying to keep things going. But as the FreightWaves article is described, when you see, you know, significant amounts of the labor at some of the folks like a FedEx having layoffs during what's supposed to be peak season, that's uh, that's quite the sign. I think that what you, what you've been talking about and Graham was talking about uh, peaks muted. There's definitely spending going on, but uh, I do think that right now there's a there's a lot of hesitancy that's 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 going on out there.
1: Is there a lot of pressure to to cut rates, drop rates back down or people holding it into their contracts? I remember we talked a few months ago and you said bid season is going to be electric, everybody wants to reposition themselves. Now I imagine that's probably already happened, right?
0: Yeah, most of it has, but what's really interesting when you when you've got platforms that give you the opportunity to execute on different strategies than you might have had in the past. That's kind of where my electric comment came from. Even with a relatively muted peak season, you saw some shippers dooner that are aggressively going after the advantage that the demand side has in the market right now. Others are maybe being a little bit more conservative, but you're seeing a lot of folks who have Historically done annual bidding, bidding much more frequently now. One might describe that as bidding more aggressively. Um, but the other thing, Duna, that I think is was really interesting, and you heard Grant talk about it. Um, what what emerges, seeing in the in the platform that we have for procurement, a lot that we're seeing is folks are willing to bias towards their incumbents. Incumbency is still very, very key, but if all of the things that Grant described around cost going up are muting some of the savings that a shipper can find, you're seeing shippers that are being more aggressive with opening up the opportunity for additional providers to participate. And that may not mean going from 100 providers to 200 providers, but it may mean is you protect that very significant amount of incumbents and then make that turnover happen in some of the you know, lesser uh, areas where you've had it before. So we're, we're really seeing a lot of activity right now. Bid season May have peaked, but it's certainly not over. You're going to see bidding. I think, Dooner, we're we're at a point in time now where bidding is going to be just an ongoing circumstance.
1: You, you, and and I'm, I was thinking about this because uh, my past job before this was at A4PL, and we did a lot of benchmarking yeah. and RFPs and those kind of things. And it got me... Careers about benchmarking, especially since 2020, where everything got really volatile. Has it broken benchmarking? How does benchmarking even work right now when there's so hard to make imperatives? That's a great point.
0: It, it, it's so and and when we talk about what's happening in the market and how can benchmarking look forward, you know, I think it's a requirement that you have various data sources, right? I heard Grant talk about the the freightways data. Um, I wake up in the morning. I was at F three and talked to a number of the the uh, largest intermediaries, and their leadership talked about how the sonar data around tender rejection index was what they what they go to first in the morning. And when you see that less than five percent number, doesn't seem like it could go down anymore. But the fact that it's been so flat. But what strikes me, Dooner, is as we look at benchmarking, more data, the more different data sources, the better. And I'll take that one step farther And what we're seeing and having some of the shippers that we work with are thinking and communicating to their carrier partners is there could be a bounce. Because even though Freightways was the first company that saw that precipitous drop in the spot market and allowed eMERGE customers to act upon that data really quickly in the spring of last year. Nobody was predicting this time last year that spot market rates are going to go from four dollars down to two bucks over a couple of months. Nobody. No. So is anybody predicting now that the potential of let's just think it through Dooner, if you put together inventory levels going down, you put together the reduction in the small carriers, as, as many have described. You're going to see those kind of carriers leaving, the small carriers having more difficulty in surviving. And then add to it the things that we know are likely and are going to happen. The Farmers' Almanac told me there's going to be a produce season. Okay, so I know that's going to occur. Take those inventory levels down. Have those smaller carriers go out to reduce the amount of supply in the supply and demand equation. And give us a really significant produce season next year. Have those refrigerated trucks leave their hauling dry freight when there's no pro, in, no produce to haul or no other uh, refrigerator to haul. Put them into that produce season. You may see a bounce, Dooner. I'm, we're starting to hear some conversation around that. Plenty of people taking advantage of the supply and demand equation right now, lowering some rates double-digit annual lowering of truckload rates is the norm, not the exception today. But having that flexibility to be able to deal with it and react in the same way that being able to react to the falling spot market and then the eventual contract market being there, you have that ability to respond when it may potentially bounce in Q2 next year. That's what we're excited about seeing.
1: Yeah, but George, like, it was just Thanksgiving, and, and they say, you know, my mother always used to tell me a falling knife has no handle. Does the falling spot market have a handle?
0: Can you <laughs> that, grab it? I think, it <laughs> I think I don't know anybody that would have tried to grab it and would have been in, in, in good shape when they tried to take it. So, I, and I guess does does the does the bounce of said knife have people being able to grab on? You know, yeah. if the you know the tree falls in the woods and there's nobody around. You know, is there, is, there a, is there a sound? How much of that will be able to be jumped upon by those small carriers? It's one of the things that we're really excited about, our, you know, carrier-backed options, the carriers that we bring into and provide visibility directly to those shippers, they can see who those carriers are. We want those, those carriers to be around. We understand that those are the backbone, the, as Grant described, the 90% that are the smaller folks that's a lot of what our marketplace uh, is is built upon. And we're certainly very comfortable working with the larger carriers as well. But boy, you need those mom and pops, you need those 50, 100 truck carriers to be the backbone of, uh, of what we have as far as supply is concerned.
1: Now, George, uh, was there any controversy at the Abernathy kitchen table on Thanksgiving over uh, Mac Jones or Billy Zappi?
0: um don't worry be zappy you know i'm zappy and i know it clap your hands we're uh we're squarely in the in the uh, in the ballpark of mac being the guy but it's great to have somebody with you know a 300 yard game in his pocket if you need to uh if you need to go down that road and Duner, before i lose you i just got to say you've handled it very very well i miss your former partner um i know he's on to great things and Look forward to engaging with them on those things, but you've handled it really well. Congratulations on doing that, and I expect great things from What The Truck going forward.
1: Well, thank you, and, uh, you know, I, I hear all those. By the way, holiday season, you have a chance to win OK Boomer right now. You can pick it up right here in Chattanooga. We're going to give you Baby Boomer category, so we'll try to get maybe close to your wheelhouse here. I don't know. It's going to go it's gonna be a Zoomer, but decided not. Let's see if you get this one. Who was the original host of Jeopardy from 1964 to 1975? That would be, who is Art Fleming? Whoa, you got, you got, I had no idea. You got that one. All right, George, I got to tell you, next time you're you're by here, come by my desk. I got a couple of these on it. You can just grab one, come by, say hi to me on a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, and I'll give one of these to you directly. You've earned your box. Thank you, sir. It's always good take, seeing you, Dooner. Take it easy. Always good seeing you, too. Uh, let's see, we got to tip the band again. What's going on this month? It's XBO. XBO is driven to put your freight first. With coverage in 99% of U.S. zip codes, as well as key routes in Mexico and Canada, XBO will help you get your shipments where they need to go, on time and damage-free. All fine-tuned by over 35 years of world-class LTL experience. Learn more at ltl-solutions.xbo.com. Meanwhile... Boat coming into port. It look like a good angle to me. <laughs> you gotta turn that. It's like a the of cards, too. So I put this on before the insurance guy, too, to give him a heart attack. Intentionally. Because Graham is coming up next. I don't think insurance cranes, though. I asked a... I asked one of the doers about this thing. crane guy over at Port of LA. This guy, Derek. And he said... The first rule of being in one of those cranes is not being in one of those cranes until the boat is tied up, and you just saw right there why. Those things, like, I asked him why they're not, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious why they're not more down to take a blow like that. It's just not possible. I mean, these vessels are gigantic and huge. There's nothing you can do about it. You just gotta hope it falls into itself and could collapse. You gotta mitigate that. And by the way, people always give Michael Bay so much S, but did you see that thing fall? Did a fire start or did a fire not start? When big things fall, fire start, okay? Just get off the guy's back. All right, now it's Graham Gonzalez, Vice President of Strategic Council at Alliance Partners, which I believe
5: is that a new title? Did you recently hey, get a new title, Graham? Uh, there have been some changes to title since we last spoke. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well, it, it's a congratulations, <laughs> right? I'm assuming it's a promotion. Yes, sir. Graham,
1: you keeping eye? Uh, you keeping Black Friday, Cyber Monday, freight rolling? You make any purchases?
5: No, actually, um, I. We're operating in such a way right now in my household that there's not anything that we're truly lacking, so we're very fortunate in that regard that we're not uh, we're not really jumping after anything. Um, I went to Walmart on Friday and forgot that it was Black Friday, honestly, and I couldn't tell a difference from any any given day. So I think things have slowed down, at least in the in person shopping. So. I mean, hopefully Cyber Monday is picking up for businesses, but I know at least having just gone to that one stop uh, on Black Friday did not look like previous years Black Fridays. I did not get mauled by a mob. Um, It was, you know, any given Friday. Yeah, you know, we I, I've, I've
1: missed some of those uh, videos of people trampling each other over <laughs> a uh, TCL TV <laughs> right after no. Thanksgiving. No, I don't. It's good. It's all moved online. Um, but you know what? Like, this has been a theme for the show. We've been talking about these sales. We've been talking about Black Friday. They were up, but kind of flat. I mean, record setting, but really flat 2020, 2021 to now it was like 8.9 billion to 9.1 mm. billion. I've talked to George. I talked to Grant before you came on. They all seem to be pretty bearish about at least moving into the first half of 2023. What are you seeing and how from the freight broker perspective, how are they preparing for
5: maybe what could be a soft start to the year? Great question. So our, our CFO is a bit of a, an economist himself, Tom Albrecht. So he's sending out nearly weekly updates at this point on what's going on with the trucking industry, because we see economic recession firsthand starting with logistics, right? So people aren't ordering the things that they, they need typically most of the year. So as we've seen a huge slowdown, and also we're seeing the small smaller trucking companies start to go out of business even, closing their doors, um, moving into different lines of, of business outside of logistics altogether. So as we see these things start to pivot, it's definitely felt in the 3PL world. And for a little bit of reference, um, I, I work Uh, on insurance and risk management with freight brokers of all sizes. So a big piece of the puzzle is asking, hey, what is your 2023 going to look like now that we're at the end of the year? Now that we're wrapping up Q4, just about uh, a big piece of the insurance pie is asking, what are your revenue projections for the upcoming year? Because we're going to rate the whole insurance package. Your whole pricing is going to be based off of the gross freight receipts that you're projecting for the next 12 months. So that's a big piece of the puzzle that we're asking. Um, And so what we're seeing uh, really across the board for a lot of freight brokers of various sizes from new ventures to you know the enterprise, enterprise size billion and up um, freight brokers is that there's going to be some stagnation over the next couple of months, which is anticipated. We're seeing it in trucking. We're seeing it in logistics as well. We're seeing it on Walmart on Black Friday uh, by showing up there on accident. And so what that looks like for uh, a freight broker is finding other ways to shine in an economic downturn. We're seeing a lot of companies, it's almost in in style right now, if you will, to institute layoffs at this point, which is something terrible that we do not like to see. Um, we see it some of our partner companies, and we've seen it definitely in, in the news for logistics, huge in technology. And so the question is, how are 3PLs going to be able to pivot and lean on other legs that they haven't necessarily had to stand on as much uh, other legs of the business so that they're not going to have to hopefully institute any kind of layoffs, right? Keeping headcount um, where it's at, even growing in hard economic times is something that we see of the most innovative 3PLs. And historically, with 3PL clients, we're seeing some huge growth in economic downturns. So there's you know, maybe some of the smaller players who weren't able to save cash reserves, who weren't able to position themselves for what was to come. Uh, might have had to shut their doors in, um, in in a hard time. Meanwhile, the more innovative companies are able to position themselves in such a way that they're creating an additional trust with their shipper clients. They're creating, um, a, you know, a true transparency with their motor carriers, um, even taking losses on loads so that they can keep lanes open and keep partnership with those key motor carriers. And in that regard, their, you know, business is not necessarily booming, but uh, lanes that they might not have anticipated might be you know, might be really opening up in a hard time where we're seeing other other companies and logistics start to close their doors.
1: Graham, uh, all good points. Now my question, so I used to sell ocean freight, right? And I remember like trying to sell marine cargo insurance and this is regardless of economic times, there would be way too many shippers who would be like, no, I don't want to pay like a penny on a hundred for marine cargo insurance. And I try to remind them of general average and then all those kind of things. How does insurance help in a time like this, where a lot of people look at it as insurance as a cost and you know, they're trying to cut costs where insurance is definitely not a place to cut. So how should they be thinking about
5: insurance? Listen, you can you heard it here first from an actual insurance agent. We understand that insurance can be a what if. Something might never happen. A freight broker might not ever have a, an auto liability fatality claim. They might not have to walk through that. But what's the purpose of actually purchasing the insurance? It's that it if something catastrophic does happen, you're not going to have to go out of business. It's a it's a true protection for uh any a company of any size. So, I would say insurance is not a place to cut Um, cut costs at this time. That being said, it's important to make sure that your agent is shopping for you at this time. The reason being is that there are some insurance agencies out there who will write basically a, uh, let's call it a dirt cheap policy that might feel like you're really sustaining your business by saving money at renewal, by purchasing something to that effect. But truly, if you have some kind of catastrophic claim or even a, a standard contingent cargo claim, you might have no coverage. Your COI is basically just a piece of paper That looks good to shippers, but you might be with an insurance market who actually isn't going to, you know, one claim could have made up the whole premium you paid for a year in insurance uh, and your insurance policy. And they might have no coverage for you for, you know, the most basic claim. So it's important to make sure that your agent is shopping at markets that are actually reputable. So while there are places to save money and insurance should be a place that every company is striving to save money. I don't think cutting actual coverages out or going with um, poorly rated insurance markets or even those with poor reputations is going to be a solid move for any company who's trying to sustain themselves long-term in a trying time. So what is the number one thing that they should do next? The number one thing they should do next is, um, I would say, find ways to shine to their shipper clients and find ways to be good to their motor carrier partners. Um, one of the ways that we like to enable our our freight broker um, clients to really open up new doors for themselves is for um, basically an insurance offering that they can provide to their shippers on high value cargo um, on trailer leasing liability. So we created an insurance product that allows three PLs who have no motor carrier authority or or no assets um, to go out and basically lease as many trailers as they can get their hands on, expand their own capacity in that regard, so that um, they're not having to lean on some of these what might be seen as more risky motor carriers to get to get freight where it's going. They've got, or excuse me, they have um, a larger capacity in the places that matter, and they can even dedicate that to some of their important shipper clients. And then, not only that, when a shipper asks, "Hey, can you move this million-dollar load of?" let's call it computer servers for us, we can't find um, a partner that really wants to take this or is able to get it covered. If they can quickly step up and get that load covered, they've created a trust with that shipper who that could lead to more high value loads, more strange commodities, some of the things that they're not necessarily comfortable with um, brokering. But now if they can have a quick usage-based insurance cover, basically the push of a button, they can get basically when that turned into a lane from their shipper clients. So that's that's one way to differentiate, but really just leaning on vendor partners, knowing the ins and outs of your TMS. And it's actually in the midst of big tech layoffs, it might be a good time to look at some uh, technological hires so that the companies that have been reigning on their TMSs this whole time might have interest in potentially building their own or partnering with their current TMS um, for other custom build-outs that are more suited for the niche markets that they are um, doing business in. So there's a a few ideas for you.
1: Very cool. Well, hey, Graham, thank you so much. As I told the guests earlier and as I've put on social media, What the Truck Freight Christmas Tree is coming up. I'm getting it tomorrow. It'll be up here Wednesday. Ornaments. Anybody in freight, send your ornaments. We want to put them on the tree. Your office, send your holiday messages. The holiday messages will be on a very What the Truck Christmas, December 16th. Keep them, like, under, like, I don't know, 45 seconds unless it's, like, really funny. They can be funny. They can be heartfelt. They can be sentimental. They can just be like, hey, Reliance Partners wishes all you jerks out there a merry Christmas or happy holidays. Got it? That's your homework, Graham. All right. We got it.
5: (laughs) Take it easy. Thank you.
1: All yeah. right, let's talk to the Super Trucker. Super Trucker's been all over the place. He was at an Eagles game just recently, eating Thanksgiving, eating, drinking micro brews. What's up, Super Trucker? Hey, dinner. what's up? What's happening? How was that Eagles game, by the way? I haven't been to a live <laughs> NFL game in a while. Last time, I was like, man, this is such an effing hassle, and it's so expensive. I'm not coming back for a while.
2: It was, it was only the second one I'd ever been to, and I left with plenty of time to get there. The traffic was a nightmare. I missed the first uh, touchdown, <laughs> and then they lost. So
1: <laughs> I know, <laughs> I and then you could have just, like, stayed home and, like, bought the QD OLED TV instead. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for
2: oh. the price of those tickets, I had maybe a 20-inch QLED. Oh, did you get a good yeah. deal? Did you get? Are they pretty cheap right now? Uh, no, my my friend had tickets. Uh, they were one twenty. So we were, but we were like way up in the nosebleeds. But oh, the position in the field, they were pretty good. You know, we we could see all the plays. Everything was great. You, um, you never want to be on like the the end goals because you're really only seeing the the action like once it's oh, yeah. up close to you.
1: That's it's it's much smaller like in person. They do yeah. they present football much better on TV than they do. Yeah. Yeah. In, in person. Um speaking of presenting in person and on Twitter and in real life. So <laughs> Elon put out <coughs> excuse me. Elon Musk, he put out that that tweet about the semi going 500 miles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of making me laugh even thinking about the story. It's a good so preamble, this, like, it's a preamble. <laughs> there's this really well-known troll on Twitter called Three-Year Letterman, and like if you've been in any anyone's prominent tweets, he's always in there posting something like really ridiculous. So he put this tweet out there under Elon's, obviously, to troll everybody, and says, a true American semi weighs over 500,000 pounds. Sounds like your tinfoil imported Tesla can't handle the grind of American highways. Now, this is perfect. Now, I think he really thought he was going to troll Tesla fans, like Tesla fanboys, because they're really easy to antagonize. Yeah, However, instead of yeah. pissed off long haul trucking Twitter, who was like trying to do the math. Let's talk about this. Little bit. First of all, have you heard of this guy before?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's He's been all over. Um, he is a perfect troll. He doesn't go into threads and, in, you know, slinging insults or whatever. He does the exact definition of trolling. It's where the audience has now become the participant. You know, he, he puts out statements to rile people up and to get them fighting amongst each other and you just sit back and watch watch the mayhem um yeah and you're right the, the tesla fanboys they're, they're so easy to pick on and get them going but he didn't realize that you know the the, the american truck, tr- truck drivers out there they're they're a very uh, particular bunch you gotta get your numbers right unless really <laughs> he's trying to troll them too and he, i think he kind of realized his mistake because he kind of broke character and put out another tweet later saying like oops i kind of you
1: know ticked these guys off too but you know that's well, I think, uh, no, I think he was maybe ta- like He was like, ah, I think it was unexpected. Like, I think he really thought it was going to be the Tesla yeah. ones who would like just be down his own. It's an interesting sort of interplay between the two groups. I'm very familiar with the Tesla fanboys and the trucking side of Twitter. to see them like co-mangle yeah. in those two worlds, <laughs> just, just sort of clash with their, their. because one of the things is, why do you think, so why do you think the psychology of most truckers is is to hate electric trucks? Because a lot do. Do you think it's because most assume they're also autonomous and sort of any t- tech is moving them out of the truck or is diesel just cooler or is it a number of things
2: it's it's not so much the autonomy the autonomy is always like way 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 down the line but the the electric the the electrification is coming much faster and a lot of these guys they've been doing what they've been doing for so long and they're so set in their ways that anyone that wants to come along and say this is the future you know really you can just sit back and say okay you know i'll believe it when i see it but right now everything is so high in the sky and you know you know theoretical that until we start seeing real actual numbers from customers that are taking possession of these vehicles and, and showing what they're showing, you know, they can say whatever they want until we get the real data.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day though, if it really did go 500 miles on one charge with it pulling 81,000 pounds, that's pretty impressive, you know? And look, yeah. we're, yeah. we're, we're going to cover it. I like seeing the interplay. I think it's good though. <laughs> like one of the things I think is cool is that there's some huge misconceptions on both sides and neither realize yeah. it. Electric Twitter thinks they know trucking way more than they do. And trucking Twitter thinks yeah. that they understand both trucking in some cases. Because yeah, all the yeah. guys are like, no, this will never work because I drive, you know, uh, some massive route across country and through like Alaska. Yeah. Um, there's, there's good and bad to both these things. It's, it's an exciting mm-hmm. time in trucking. And I agree with you, too. After being at Torque and being in the plus, looking at how much these sensors cost, I don't think at least the next decade autonomy is something you're going to have to worry too much about at all. Every every time I see somebody
2: reply to a, a Tesla tweet about their truck and they say, "Oh, I'm excited because you know it's going to reduce their cost and it's going to reduce it." It's reduce, reduce. No, yeah. this this stuff is so cutting edge and so uh, rare at the moment that any little breakdown you're going to have is com- going to c- completely grind your fleet to a screeching halt. You know they what? they really got to have a backlog of parts and availability. Buying an electric car for yourself as a consumer versus buying a fleet of electric trucks to keep your uh, freight moving are totally different markets.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to see a mix of all this stuff, and, and that's yeah. the way it's yeah. moving. You did send that spy photo, and I know I've been a big doubter <laughs> of the semi many, many times, but the spy photo does show like 20 trucks. I believe 15 is what's supposed to go to Pepsi. So I yeah. have to say at this point, I definitely think that event's going to happen. I'm excited for it, and uh, we've told Rooster to keep his ears perked. Um yep here's something that's really cool. There's this, check out this genre right here. And I had no idea what this was. <laughs> I just thought there were weird pictures at first because we cover stuff like this on the show. And I was like, we're going to show this. But then I was like, I wonder like what story is behind all this. And fortunately, Mel Magazine, they just published a article about the whole backstory to these like trucking photography photographs. And it turns out that, um, what was the story? So this lady, she wanted to sort of pay heritage to to her, her roots, right? She said, the woman, her husband asked me, this is the photographer. She's The photographer is Juliana Kaneki. She's an award winning photographer at Hamburg, Germany. She said, The woman and her husband asked me if it would be possible to combine a pregnancy shoot with her baby and his baby, his baby being the truck. <laughs> and it's sort of funny because this one trucker says, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and deny the pictures and make it look like Optimus Prime somehow conceived a child with that woman, but there's more to the story. That's Ben. He's a 32 year old truck driver. And it turns out there really is this one international. Baby photograph of the year of 2021 for uh, Koneki.
2: Yeah, she's won quite a few awards. I looked through her profile, and it fits right in there with the rest of them. It's it's a lot of, like, motherhood photos, pregnancy photos and stuff. And uh, I couldn't think of a better way to pay homage to the drivers, you know, trying to have a family. Because chances are, you know, they they might be second, third-generation drivers, and that baby might be a fourth generation.
1: But but do you – so was your interpretation of that photograph, though, the same as Ben – the driver that the truck was supposed to be the father?
2: No, I, I think oh. it's more of like like a tip of the hat kind of kind of deal. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well the, she there's says also the,
2: I don't know. If, I don't know if that photo on the right had it, but there was one where the, the dad was actually like on the truck, like you know, throwing his hands. Yeah, and it didn't have it on that one. No. But there's there's another photo of the dad on the truck, you know, waving to his wife.
1: Well, it says here so Brazilian website Universal Online. The one pictured her name is Diana Rodriguez of Mato Grosso Brazil. And she explained this rock represented the financial hardships her parents endured in order to raise yeah. a family. So she is multi-generational in trucking too. So I think it's mm-hmm. really cool. I think, and you want like, an award for that? Awesome. Yeah. Hey, so this is pretty awesome too. And I don't, this must happen at the post office's Frequently, like rejected mail, mail that has no place to go. I know this happens to shippers. In November, you bring a pallet of um, Reese's peanut butter hearts like this guy did, (laughs) and you might get them rejected because it's a little bit early. Although retail, guys, how early would you stage these Valentines? Is it maybe just a few weeks early? It can't be that early, can it? It is December. Well, almost are, December. These are these are what are going to like the, the warehouses and the distribution centers. So yeah, this
2: stuff comes like months and months yeah. ahead before it gets to the stores because first they got to sell off everything in the stores now to make room for what's in the warehouses, you know, down the road. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised seeing the uh, things. The um.
1: Well, the, the guy the here, next, Zishan, next he, right now. Zishan Ahmed, and he, I think he's going to come on the show to tell us about. This, this whole thing, we'll talk about rejects with him, but he said the driver is going home after this load and his grandkids will be excited. They are getting the entire pallet of, <laughs> of yeah. peanut butter cups. What <laughs> would you do with them? I would get up on the CB, like my nearest pilot
2: flying J and say, hey, Ooh, come yeah. and get it. Because it sucks as the truck driver. They don't, you know, when, you, when you're delivering to a warehouse, it's up to the driver to get rid of any rejected freight. You know, they yes. are, they're their, their drivers on the forklifts punctured, you know, two cases on the pallet and you're the one that has to ma- uh, fix their screw up. Happened to me plenty of times. When I was when I was hauling reefer freight, same thing. I had a can of uh or uh, a trailer full of uh canned lobster and a guy Ooh. punctured uh two two of the cans on one oh. skid and I had to call my guy and we had to figure out how to get rid of it. That's gonna be that's like where Google. a lot of stuff Yeah, a lot of a lot of flea markets and stuff. That's where they're finding their stuff is they just you know,
1: they know a guy who knows a guy. You uh you a traitor to the US and watching the World Cup or, or are you a true American? Yeah. No, no, no World Cup, but well, how about this is a sports? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'll watch USA Iran tomorrow at two. I'll check it out. It seems like I like when they had like there's some finality actually to these games, like some stakes. Mm-hmm. Not I have to watch for 90 minutes. Something goes zero zero, end up in a tie, and it didn't matter yeah. at all. But look at this guy right here. They're watching. I believe this is Saudi Arabia win. These guys are freaking out, and the dude rips the door. <laughs> he rips his door. If, off. if it wasn't for the
2: subtitles, I would have sworn this was South Philadelphia. Always oh, the yeah.
1: score, This is my thing. Well, I mean, now's a good time to people. shoot a TV and get a new one on Cyber Cyber Monday, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a big, well, you're a big fan of Eagles. Would you wear a uh, Would you wear a football? Would you wear a hat this size? Can we see his hat? Is this a new trend? It says Brian Robinson said his friends has. His friend has a big hat company. <laughs> if you want a big hat, like let me know. Is this the next big deal? What we're looking at here for the audio listeners is like uh, a fitted a fitted baseball hat that's like, you know, like they go up to like seven and a half. This must be like a 20 and a half.
2: That's what my two and a half year old looks like wearing my hat. So I'm, I'm glad to see a hat like this
1: because I have a huge head. I would love to see. I was going to say, on this might be a normal hat. It might be a normal yeah. one for you. Yeah. All right, well, before I let you go, let's get to some actual football. Rate right, Michigan's truck right here. I like the grill on this thing. Look at this thing rolling down the road after here. Big victory. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful
2: custom job. Now, is, is this the team's truck, or is this a, a fan that like decked out the truck No, itself? I think this
1: is, that's the team. That's an equipment truck. That's the head yeah. equipment truck. Yeah, no, it's and beautiful. I, I think he did. No, he got different. it. So these. they were pumping. They were fist pumping. They were beeping like crazy to get that to go off. Yeah. yeah, it's got to
2: feel nice as the driver driving that truck, especially once they win. You yeah. know, I can't imagine it's going to be fun when they lose, but... Yeah, it's
1: nice when they win you can continue to celebrate on the road. Well, Super Trucker, thanks for catching up with me. We're out of time. Find him at Super Trucker. Look up the Back podcast. Find What the Truck Wherever You Get podcast. Download Crate Wave CF. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Don't be a stranger.
2: Ooh.